Hello, everybody. Welcome in to another episode of the Couch GM's podcast. It is Wednesday, May 18th, 2022, and I'm your host, George Kurt, joined by Cody Roadcap. Cody, how you doing here on this fine Wednesday? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. You know, we got the schedule last week. Pretty excited to talk about that, break down which games I'm hoping to attend this year. Uh, but a little disappointed that, you know, we do have a little OTAs, but we're getting ready to go into that football law. So thankfully, we're still here. We're still talking a lot of football so you can check us out yeah and we are doing what we think we can do best here in this uh beginning of the lull we're going to do an early mock draft for you all before we jump into our way too early rankings in the next few weeks we are going to talk schedule like cody said and obviously hit some news and notes because it was actually a busier news week than we expected this week make sure you find us on the couchgms.com and on our social media channels for more than you get just from the show cody we're hopping right in nfl news And the big news on the week, Jerry Judy was arrested and spent one night in jail for what they're calling criminal tampering stemmed from the removal of property and domestic violence. Now, that's a whole thing that I don't even think uh, writers understand what's happening. We obviously are just trying to piece together what we can find from the media that is on the inside. But what we found is best is he was withholding something from his, I want to say it's girlfriend or fiance. I don't think they're married. Uh, it could be what we've heard is medical records, her wallet and a baby's car seat for uh, their child. Um, they held it in a car and the girlfriend or fiance called the cops to have him keep an eye on it. And they locked him up um, because this involved his daughter they did put it as a domestic violence charge, but there was no physical harm to anybody in the house. So it might seem a little bit stemmed over the top here, but it's something to keep an eye on as we move forward because they were very serious about it as law enforcement when this was put down. Absolutely. Uh, you mentioned some good points. We're still, you know, figuring out more details, more information is coming in. The, the league will do its investigation. Um, and we're not here to say he's innocent or guilty. They'll let that all come out on its own terms to figure it out. We're just here to let you know that, you know, Russell Wilson is on the Broncos. Now we're doing a mock draft later. We're probably going to talk about the Broncos wide receivers earlier than we would have if Drew Locke was the quarterback. And because of this incident, whether he is found guilty or not, it could still involve personal conduct in the NFL. He might still get suspended a game or two could be longer depending on what the findings actually are so it does have a trickle down effect for uh fantasy on the bright side it is good that the reports are coming out saying that there was no physical damage uh or not physical damage or physical violence towards anybody so that's great to hear you hate to see that not just in the nfl but across the world so jerry judy did get arrested and they're working through that and the broncos will keep us updated jerry Judy keep us updated and the nfl will keep us updated uh but just something tuck away in the back of your mind come draft season if it hasn't been resolved by then definitely and that was not the only piece of wide receiver news uh we've been talking about a lot of veteran wide receivers who are yet to sign one of the dominoes fell and that is jarvis landry is signing with the new orleans saints now he went to lsu he is going home to new orleans big move there and that saints wide receiver core will now include three wide receivers that did not play a snap for them last year Jarvis Landry, Michael Thomas, and Chris Olave. Cody, what are your thoughts on that now becoming crowded Saints wide receiver room? I mean, I the Saints 
they must feel really good about uh, Jameis Winston. I know there was some media speculation about a Drew Brees return after he made a comment, but I think that was more just because he was saying he didn't know what he could do. He was leaving all options open. I don't actually foresee Drew Brees coming back. He told uh, so, people he might play pickleball. So let's just, if we right. throw that out there, you show how serious it was. <laughs> yeah, it. but you know, that's how we are. Some people are just latching on to that one little phrase. Um, but yeah, this is tough for me. I mean, it doesn't change my evaluation on how I view Chris Olave. If we're talking dynasties, you know, we did the dynasty mock draft last week and I took him, you know, in the first round, I still, you know, would take him. You might get him a little bit lower because people might be concerned about their, his instant production with the, the trio there, but you know, we're still don't fully know if Michael Thomas will be back because of his injury. So it could, instead of be the duo of Olave and Thomas, it could be the duo of Olave and Landry. So I think Olave is the safest guy. Um, Landry has something to prove. They got a really good deal on him. And then Michael Thomas is like the ultimate X factor. Cause we know his potential just now it's been two years of not playing football. What's he going to be like bouncing back? Will he be a remedy of his own self or whatnot? So a lot of things happening. The saints, really surprising for a team you know when for as much talk of them about taking a quarterback they are signing players because they got Tyron Matthew a few weeks ago like they're ready to compete and you know they have the track record of beating the buck so that NFC South division is you know seems like it's up for grabs and not just a easy dub for the Buccaneers like we might have thought a few weeks ago Definitely. And it's worth noting, I think there was only two losses by the Saints when they lost Jameis Winston last year. It was fairly in late. It was like the first half of the season, but they were performing very well with Jameis Winston. We knew he still had potential, knowing he was a 35 touchdown guy, just through 30 interceptions. And now they're putting the weapons around him. They are going all in. We'll have to see what happens in New Orleans. Cody, I have to let you uh, talk about this next piece of news because it's your boy. Alrighty. Um, I am going to throw out there too, because we talked about Jarvis Landry last week and uh, Tyler, who's not with us today. He'll be back with us next week. Um, he also mentioned a guy that got signed uh, Keelan Cole. He joined the Las Vegas Raiders and because of maybe Keelan Cole, maybe not, but the Raiders also turned around and traded Brian Edwards to the Falcons. The Raiders get a fifth round pick. The Falcons get Edwards and a seventh round pick. So Pretty much, it was to the point where they had added they added Devonte Adams. They've added some other pieces. Brian Edwards was the guy that was most likely going to be a cap casualty, camp casualty uh, by the time the season came around. So they got a little bit of value for him. I still really like Brian Edwards. I thought he showed potential his rookie year. I kept saying, you know, he looked good in the fourth quarter last year when they would finally throw in the ball. I feel like that was a running joke for weeks. Um, so with the limited pass catching options in Atlanta. You know, he could be another name that you're keeping an eye on. You're throwing in the back of your mind. You're probably not drafting him unless it's the very last round and you're, you know, a bigger Brian Edwards fan than I am because of <laughs> the guys they already have. But, you know, if Drake London would get injured or something like that, you know, the guy's name that I can never pronounce. So, George, you'll have to help me out with that one. Alameda Zacchaeus. That guy. Uh, if, you know, he might not be the next man up if Drake London would get hurt or you know, Drake London doesn't progress as a rookie as we thought. So Brian Edwards is a name to keep an eye on. He does have a connection with Marcus Mariota because they played together in Las Vegas prior. So a familiar face for Mariota. So a name to watch, but nothing, you know, fantasy relevant right away. Proceeds to take him in our last round of our uh, mock draft. Just kidding. No, definitely that would be an overreaction, but I like the move for the Falcons because we've been talking about, even though they did sign 
or I did draft a wide receiver high. They were so barren in that wide receiver room. This is huge. And it's going to take pressure off of Kyle Pitts and Drake London in his rookie year. Um, it It's a very fluid situation. That offense still might not be fantastic, but they're trying to keep up with a team like the Saints, who is really building up in that you know division, and the Buccaneers, who lost and then got back Tom Brady. We're going to have to see how the Falcons hold up. We did have a wide, uh, running back signing this week, too, as Philip Lindsay signs with the Indianapolis Colts. I thought this was an interesting move because they did keep Naheem Hines. And if Philip Lindsay is going to fit into some kind of complimentary role, I figured he would be a pass catching back and they were really high on Naheem Hines there. So this might be very insignificant. He might just be an insurance policy up there. Won't get a lot of snaps, but it's still a good signing. I think he's a back with a lot of potential. He still did play fairly well in his limited time last year in Miami. Yeah, I think you hit on the net. It's probably pretty insignificant unless of injuries. Um, Another name, you know, know who the backups are. You know, if you're a Jonathan Taylor owner, okay, maybe keep an eye on Philip Lindsay uh, because you mentioned they do really like Naeem Hines out there, and I think they're going to want to continue to use him in a role in the role that he is, you know, the pass catching third down change of pace guy where I actually see Philip Lindsay being a replacement or the the handcuff if Jonathan Taylor would go down I think they would keep Hines in his role and let Philip Lindsay come in and take over you know running a lot of the you know into the gap type of runs you know maybe a couple outside and being the work I hate to say workhorse if there was an injury uh to Jonathan Taylor so again another handcuff probably not signing him or drafting him in your fantasy drafts but you know if you're in Dynasty, you're looking at the free agent board, you've already done your rookie draft, you have a roster spot, you're the Jonathan Taylor owner, it might not be a bad addition. Definitely. Handcuffs are handcuffs are important, and that could be somebody that you grab. A handcuff did not you know, have a good day here today, though. I am I need to take a breath here, apparently. Uh, Tariq Cohen, if you remember him from two years ago, he was the backup for the Chicago Bears. He... Um, <laughs> tore his ACL and was struggling to come back last season. He did not make it back to play a snap last season. He was on Instagram live on Tuesday and working out and he suffered a serious lower leg injury that people are calling a torn Achilles. He looks to be out again for the 2022 season, a tough break for Tariq Cohen, a promising young player, someone who I was excited to see get back on the field. So prayers for him, and hopefully he can make it back from another, his second serious leg injury in two seasons. Yeah, that's definitely a tough blow for Tariq Cohen, and we wish him, you know, a quick and speedy recovery. Um, You know, we normally don't talk defense, though, too much on this show, but we do have to, one, because I'm the resident Packers fan, and two, when you become the highest paid at your position, you deserve the recognition. Jair Alexander signed a four-year extension with the Green Bay Packers. This past week, welcome to the snow fly zone, the best secondary in the NFL. Debate me on that all day. And uh, he's going to get $31 million uh, essentially this year based on signing bonuses and his roster. Obviously, that cap number is dropped significantly and it'll be spread out over the next couple of deal- years. Great deal for the Packers. Great for Jair. I do think, you know, if he can stay healthy, the Packers are an ownable defense in fantasy, which we might talk about in a little bit. Um, but yeah, Jair getting the well-deserved money. I know he did have some injuries last year, but you know, it's always good to see a team like a year, young star 
you dealt with injury, you worked your way back, we're still going to reward you. And that's exactly what the Packers did. Yeah, definitely nice to see because I see so many players taking one-year prove-it deals after injury-riddled seasons. So it does not happen all the time. But the big biggest news from last week was the schedule release. We were getting nuggets throughout the entire last two weeks. We talked about a couple of the games they revealed early last week, but we have the entire schedule in front of us now. Cody, lead us off with some of the games you think are highlights from this season. Highlights for this season. Uh, I'll, my first you know, game of the week, and again, you're going to say, well, you're a Packers fan, but week eight, Sunday night football, Packers-Bills. I still think the Bills are the best team in the AFC. I think the Packers are the best team in the NFC. I mean, it's obviously there's some teams that are really close, so it's a, a solid debate. Uh, but right dab in the middle of the season, unfamiliar opponents. They haven't played for four years. The last time the Packers played them, they shut out the Bills. That's not happening this time. Sunday night football, right before it gets too cold. Like, I don't think we'll see like a super windy game or snow game like we saw that where the Patriots like only threw it three times. Hopefully we just beat that <laughs> weather. And we get a solid game with two high-powered offenses, two really good defenses, and honestly would not be surprised if we end the season as that being the game of the year. That would be something. Um, I'll have to say that my favorite – I can't even say one game because I think the NFL absolutely killed week one in general. So they start off with Bills-Rams as the opening game of the season. So that's already great. I know that they said there was a lot of options they could have put as the Ram- with the Rams for week one, but Bill's Rams is a great choice. They end the week with Broncos Seahawks. They're going to get Russell Wilson going back to Seattle week one, rip the bandaid off. There's going to be all kinds of like, Hey, happy to be back. And then he's probably going to beat Seattle, but that's, I, I think that's a good time to put it. You also have Buccaneers Cowboys in there on Sunday night, which is just a good, um, everyone likes seeing the Cowboys go against Tom Brady for whatever reason, but That's always good. There's some rivalry games in there, a couple of good divisional games. But the other one that I want to talk about, uh, they did Carson Wentz really dirty, I think. They have Washington playing against the Jacksonville Jaguars. So not only is that the team that he could not beat in Week 18 to get the Colts into the playoffs and got him traded from the Colts, he's also going against his former head coach, Doug Peterson, who they apparently had a fractured relationship in Philly, which is why he got traded to the Colts. So that's going to be a very big test in his first week in Washington. Yeah, I mean, he didn't get any favors on the schedule makers (laughs) by that one by any means. But you're right, George. I feel like this schedule is, I mean, there's always games you can talk about. But I feel like every week there's a matchup that you can be like, oh, that's like a good match. You know, and I think it starts with two because Amazon has spent so much money to be the Thursday night game like they didn't make it the, oh, we're going to put the Jags Texans on Thursday night just to have a Thursday night game. Like we're getting premier Thursday night matchups. You know, there's, there's, it's just not, it's not just week one. It's all season long. There's some division rival games. There's some, you know, alternate conferences, but still high powered offenses. So there's a lot of great matches on Thursday, you know, Monday night can be flexed from week 14 to week 18. So we're going to see some scheduling changes, uh, so make sure you're staying up to date with those because you're going to have to adjust who's in your flex if a game gets uh, <laughs> flexed out of on the Monday night. So a lot of great games. I'm really also excited to see, you know, the rematch with between Kansas City and Cincinnati after that that game. There's a lot of rematches that you're excited for, a lot of good storylines. I love the NFL, like you mentioned, kicking it off with Seattle and Denver, you know, right away. Like, let's get that Russell Wilson. Let's not wait. 
Uh, so a lot of great games. Super excited for this season. Already starting to save for my Sunday ticket subscription and hoping <laughs> that this is the last year that I have to pay for Sunday ticket. Yes, exactly. And we're going to see hopefully in hopefully before the season starts, we'll find out who's going to have Sunday ticket for future years. But it's still direct TV for the last year of the TV deal. And because you mentioned Thursday Night Football, I just want to give the fans an idea. Week two Thursday Night Football is Chargers Chiefs. Like they really didn't, you know, hide anything. Chargers Chiefs is big. There's a couple other divisional matchups. They did a great job with the primetime games. I just hope that teams don't hate it because they don't really necessarily like Thursday night football. No, absolutely. Like you mentioned it, you know, great games on Thursday night. You know, there will be some, you know, back and forth on whether that was the right call. You know, should we even be playing Thursday night on four, four days rest? But, you know, there really isn't a bad, a bad game on there. Okay. I mean, week six is commanders at the bears, but those teams are about equal, so it should still be a pretty good game on Thursday night. A lot of Bills Patriots Week Twelve. That's always a good one. Raiders Rams, like 49ers Seahawks, Cowboys Titans. Like, there's a lot of good games on Thursday night football. So it'll be interesting, especially because it's. I think a lot of those games will be only be on Amazon Prime, so it might be a little bit harder for people to view it. Uh, but there's been a lot of great games, and. The more I think about the games, the more I get excited for them. But George, I know you're an Eagles fan and probably spend too much time talking Eagles and Packers, but because it's our podcast, is there any games you're planning on going to this year? Well, I might be going with a certain other co-host to Eagles Titans this season. Um, Or if not, I might be going to with a certain other co-host to Eagles Packers this season. Um, (laughs) Yeah. But uh, no, those are my two highs. But I think at some point, either it's this season or later, I have to get to an Eagles and Cowboys game. Um, I kind of wish that that game on Christmas Eve was in Philadelphia. It is in Dallas. It's an earlier season game in Philadelphia. But that's just one of those rivalries. Like last year, I told you all how I went to a uh, Raven Steelers game. And that's just one of those things that's like, oh, you want to go to that rivalry. Packers Bears is on that list as well. So it, that's that's a bucket list item, but probably not this season. <laughs> No, I got you. Yeah, I'll definitely be in Philadelphia. The big question mark for me will be if I'll be in D.C. on the 23rd as I get married the day before, trying to convince the fiancé to, like, first thing we're doing as a married couple is going to a Packers game. So we'll see how that one goes. Uh, You know, I might go up to New Jersey to see the Jets and the Bengals in week three, I believe it is, uh, with friend of the show and my cousin Chance, who's a big Bengals fan see Joe Burrow, see Zach Wilson, see those games. So a lot of great games. Uh, as Hey, let us know where games you're going to be at because if we're at the same games, we can meet up, we can we can chat, we can talk fantasy football. So we definitely would love to hear it. But, George, that's probably enough talking about news. The people have been waiting long enough. So why don't we jump in to our mock draft? All right, we know it's early, but Mock Draft 1.0, as Cody is calling it, is on the clock now. We are going to go through a 12-round half-point PPR Mock Draft, 10 teams. This is going to be a cumulative Mock Draft, so we are only going to be drafting for one team, alternating back and forth on who has the final say on picks. I will have the first-round pick, and we are picking ninth. (laughs) 
Not not exactly an ideal position, but maybe it's a good thing because in mock drafts like this, you don't normally see uh, expert picking in pick nine. So we have a little bit of a unique perspective or for those guys that get stuck in the bottom of the round. Um, I know it's early, but it's still very helpful to do exercises like this throughout the offseason to see how things are starting to trend. Um, also for teams, we did say there was 12 rounds. We have a starting roster of one quarterback, two running backs, two wide receivers, a tight end and six bench spots. So we did cut out the kickers and defenses from this particular mock, but I'm sure we'll still mention it here as we get towards the end of the draft, Cody. Absolutely. And it's a good reminder that we will have the draft board up on YouTube. So make sure you go over and check out the video version of this podcast and hit the subscribe button while you're there. Uh, But George, I'm going to go ahead and start the mock draft. Like you mentioned, we are pick nine and Yes, I'm sure I want to start the mock draft. That's why I hit start. Jonathan Taylor, Christian McCaffrey, Dalvin Cook, Derrick Henry, Austin Eckler, Justin Jefferson, Devontae Adams, and Tyreek Hill are the first eight picks, which leaves George will have the final say on the board. Cooper Cup is, according to Sleeper, the next best player available. There's a couple other running backs or tight end with Travis Kelsey. George, what are you thinking? Now, especially based on sleepers rankings, and I know we're going to be talking a lot about rankings over the coming weeks, so we'll have to see where we make people fall. But I think Travis Kelsey can sweep to us in round two, so there's no point in trying to reach for him here. So that's going to be taken off of my list right here. You did say Cooper Cup is the top wide receiver available. There's also Stephon Diggs there, and the two running backs we're looking at are Najee Harris or Joe Mixon. It seems strange that there could be four wide receivers in a row in round one, but this might be how the drafts go this season. Running backs are a little bit scary at times. Um, And after the crazy season he had, I think I'm just going to go ahead and lean towards Cooper Cup with this pick. I mean, I I wouldn't blame you. I know you mentioned the sleeper, um, you know, aspect of it. Travis Kelsey sitting at 13. So there's a chance that we could get him when we're back on the clock in three picks. Uh, but was he in any consideration for you? Is it still too early? Is it you know, with Cooper Cup on the board? Is it hard to pass on him for a tight end? Um, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, I'm also, I think, somebody who's going to have Cooper Cup above Tyreek Hill after Tyreek Hill's moved to Miami. So, like, if that pick eight was Cooper Cup and it was between Tyreek Hill or Travis Kelsey, I would probably lean towards Travis Kelsey. Anywhere 9, 10, 11, 12 in those picks is where I like grabbing Travis Kelsey. I've done, I've been kind of been that way for years, honestly, uh, because you lock up that should be guaranteed number one tight end. Maybe Mark Andrews will have a little bit to say about that this year. but um, And then you still have another pick coming right up after to go out and get a wide receiver or running back, depending if you want to stick with the running backs or kind of go no running back strategy. All righty. So are you locking in Cooper Cup? Locking Cooper Cup pick nine. Perfect. All right. So Cooper Cup went, then Najee Harris, Stefan Diggs. So at least we're back on the clock here. And I mean, the we were right because based on the rankings, Travis Kelsey did fall off. We want to go tight end here. Um, running backs are getting thin for those top guys. You know, Joe Mixon would be is the best available according to Sleeper. He's probably the best running back there. We saw uh, some other names to keep an eye on DeAndre Swift, Nick Chubb, and Alvin Kamara. A little low for Kamara, but we, as we've mentioned numerous times, he has that looming incident from the Pro Bowl. He could indeed miss some games here. A favorite player on the board for me is Jamar Chase. Like, that's just my favorite player on here. So it would be hard not to take him. 
Um, but I don't know if I'm as confident this year as I am as I was last year going the full no running back strategy unless it would be for a guy like Travis Kelsey. Um, just to get that clear and number one tight end, I feel like he'll be the number one option. And I think he even gets a little more boost now that Tyreek Hill is gone. Maybe it will actually hurt him because there's not as many guys that he'll be the key number one that all the defenses focus on. Um, but I'm going to skip on Travis Kelsey because I think it'd be best to get a running back. So I'm I'm debating between taking the top guy and Joe Mixon or going down and grabbing Nick Chubb. George, what is your thoughts between those two? It's funny that we're talking about my top two running backs from our league of record team last year between Joe Mixon and Nick Chubb. But um, especially after seeing how Cincinnati's offense clicked last year, and there's a little bit of uncertainty in Cleveland with quarterback. We don't know if Deshaun Watson's going to play the full season. Um, if he's even going to play at all, honestly, it's a little bit of a question mark and they were not the best offense around him. I think I lean Joe Mixon. Um, but I've always kind of been a Joe Mixon guy as well. So there might be a little bit of bias. Yeah, I think I'm leaning Joe Mixon too. Um, you know, I mentioned the Alvin Kamara suspension. If, you know, Kamara was, you know, cleared and he was going to play all the games, uh, if healthy, like I would take him here. Um, and He'd then probably this, go in round one, uh, somewhere in that wide receiver mix, maybe even before Austin Eckler in some people's rankings, I would guess. Yeah, I mean, he could go as early as, you know, pick one five if he is clear. Mm-hmm. So that's definitely a name we're going to pass on him because I do expect them to be a suspension. And the final difference maker between me is not that I don't think Nick Chubb is a good running back. Um, the Deshaun Watson incident or looming suspension or what's going to happen there too. Just too much uncertainty between those two guys. So I will go ahead and lock in Joe Mixon. Debo Samuel follows us. Then Travis Kelsey, followed by DeAndre Swift, Nick Chubb, Jamar Chase, Saquon Barkley, Jamal, or not Jamal, Javante Williams, and Josh (laughs) Allen, the first quarterback off the board at the end of round two. We are back on the clock in round three, but George, why don't you give an update of what took place during round three? Yeah, we're going to split this up because this is a very long turn on this other side here. So it was Alvin Kamara finally at round three pick one. Patrick Mahomes went after him. So after years of Patrick Mahomes being the first quarterback off the board, we might see Josh Allen going before Patrick Mahomes this year. A.J. Brown in round three at pick three. Then Ezekiel Elliott, C.D. Lamb, Mark Andrews is the second tight end off the board. Aaron Jones and DeAndre Hopkins to bring us back around to round three pick nine. We have another tight end up here near the top of the board. This is around where you're going to see George Kittle go. Um, He was very effective last season when he did come back from injury, but obviously injuries are a factor for him. Uh, Running backs at the top of the board, Antonio Gibson, who I know some people are a little worried about, but I don't think anything that they did in that running back room is going to be worth anything towards Antonio Gibson's value. Cam Akers, who's somebody I'm very high on because – it was I, I now that he got through that playoff run on his six month out Achilles injury. I don't have any problems with him being confident with him being healthy this season. It might be a little bit more scary if we didn't see him play in the playoffs and we didn't know if he was back to full speed. Maybe he wasn't quite back to full speed in the playoffs, but I think there's no problem with that this year. And David Montgomery is another running back at the top here that I like a lot. Um <laughs> I am probably between Cam Akers and David Montgomery. Not that Antonio Gibson's a bad pick at the end of round three. Probably 
is about this in value. He was drafted a little earlier last year, and that's why people were a little upset with him, and there's a sour taste. Um, if he falls further than this, it's probably a good time to snatch him and uh, thank last season's performance for that. But, Cody, between Akers and Montgomery, how are you feeling before I make my final decision? Yeah, I mean, I think we're you know we're getting near the end of the running backs, and there's still a ton of good wide receivers. So I do like the idea of grabbing a second running back here as well. Um, I think out of those, you you pick the two out of the three. I would uh, one other name. He's a little bit lower on the board, and that's just because we don't know coming off of injury. But a name to watch at the end of round three, beginning of round four, would be Ravens running back J.K. Dobbins. Mm-hmm. Um, he's a name, a guy you might like, but there is that injury concern. So. I understand not taking him off this list. For me, if I'm going to go on this list, I'm going to go with Cam Akers just because I think the Rams are a lot better than the Bears. Like, I, I, the Bears probably would be down early a lot. Like, they don't have much on offense. Their defense is not the worst in the league, but, it, you know, it's lost a few pieces. They did trade away Khalil Mack. Uh, so, I think while I think David Montgomery is a really good player, I think he might struggle to be consistent over the course of the season just because of the talent around him. So, if it was me... And I'm between David Montgomery and Cam Akers. I would lean Cam Akers. Consistency was what was making me lean towards Cam Akers as well, because we know that David Montgomery can be a world beater any given week. He loves to put up those 25 point weeks and just be like, well, nothing I could do about that. I mean, he won people championships two years ago, was a very strong running back in, at points last season. But yeah, I'm going to go with Cam Akers as well. And thank you to having him play in the playoffs, because I would not have done that otherwise. Alrighty, so after Cam Akers went, Antonio Gibson uh, and George Kittle went right there at the top of round four on the turn. So we were back on the clock here. If we wanted to, we could still take David Montgomery and give us, you know, a potent, you know, top three running backs. Maybe look to trade one later in the season or see how things pan out. Um, Keenan Allen is on the board there. That's a high-powered offense. You know, George is a closet Chargers fan, so he's probably drooling for me to take Keenan Allen. (laughs) Um, Deontay Johnson, if you really like the, you know, new quarterback, or you think Mitchell Trubisky is going to keep what big Ben did in targeting Deontay Johnson, I mentioned JK Dobbins. Um, and then there is two tight ends, Darren Waller and Kyle Pitts. If I was going to take a tight end, it would probably be Kyle Pitts. But I think at the beginning of round four is still a little bit too rich for me to take Kyle Pitts. Some people might disagree. They might have him as tight end three and would be willing to take him right now, uh, for me. Uh, I'm leaning between Mike Evans and Keenan Allen. They are two of the top three at the top of the board. Uh, Keenan Allen and Mike Evans, they both have a little bit of consistency issues, but they are targets with uh, or like favorite targets of quarterbacks in high-powered offenses. Um, I'm tending to lean Mike Evans, but George, I'd love to hear your thoughts. I'm tending to lean Keenan Allen, and I know Cody's going to be like, wow, what a shocker. But I hate inconsistency like if you know me as a fantasy player if you played with me at all you probably know that I would rather have the guy who gets me 15 points a week than the guy that gets 25 and then six and then 25 and then two and I almost view Mike Evans in that category I know it's not that dramatic for Mike Evans but between that and the fact that I think the Chargers have a more potent offense than the Buccaneers do at this point uh, I, uh, father time, Tom Brady, it looked like it started to catch him last year. I probably am going to eat my words for saying that. Like we have the last six seasons, but 
I like the chance of consistency from Keenan Allen more, even though he is still a fairly inconsistent wide receiver like Mike Evans. You definitely make a compelling argument. And then I just want to get your thoughts here on a guy like Kyle Pitts. Is this still too early for you or would you be comfortable taking Kyle Pitts at this point? I think the earliest I would look at Pitts or Waller is the end of round four. If Kittle did not go on that turn, I think he would have been a very strong contender for this pick, but I think it's too early for the two tight ends. Awesome. All right. Well, I think you made some compelling points for me. Uh, I I really like Keenan Allen too. I love him a lot. I do think he is a solid player, but just to be a little bit different and because we have the safe option in Cooper Cup, Cooper Cup, who we know is going to get his, I am going to go a little bit more high variance with this pick uh, and take the touchdown machine, Mike Evans. George made a lot of valid points for why it should have been Keenan Allen. Uh, Keenan Allen did go next at pick 4-3, followed by J.K. Dobbins, who went ahead of David Montgomery, so somebody was listening. Darren Waller, D.K. Metcalf, Kyle Pitts, Leonard Fournette, and Deontay Johnson finish out round four. Round five started with Terry McLaurin and then Chris Godwin, the other tight, the other Tampa Bay wide receiver. I'm Cody today, apparently. Uh, T Higgins at five, three, and then Josh Jacobs. He's an interesting argument this year, actually, but round five could be a great value for someone like a Josh Jacobs. Uh, Lamar Jackson becomes the latest quarterback off the board. And then Clyde Edwards, Alaire, Travis Etienne, someone we have not talked about. That is a very interesting running back in Jacksonville goes at five, seven, and then Justin Herbert at 5'8", taking us into our fifth round pick. And then there's also interesting names on the board. Even though we've talked about a couple, I talked about a couple of guys in round five that went. Uh, Michael Thomas is projected around this part of the draft. We don't know the injury situation, but we know if he goes back to being good old Mike Thomas, that is a potential second, third round wide receiver you're getting at the end of round five. Uh, Jerry Judy's here. We talked about Jerry Judy earlier in the show. If he ends up not being suspended or at least only being suspended a game or two with Russell Wilson at quarterback, that might be a big steal. Um, Amari Cooper, a wide receiver who is relying on Deshaun Watson and Deshaun Watson. If he's not playing most of the season, that could be a bust in value there. Ton of question marks. So, now we kind of start looking, do we go quarterback and the top quarterback on the board is Kyler Murray. We like rushing quarterbacks, honestly, him going this low, considering we've seen at least the fast starts he's had. And he's been quarterback one through like six, seven weeks, each of the last two seasons. This could be a solid value for him. Uh, running backs are starting to get a little bit bleak, but we do already have two strong running backs. So that's something I think I'm avoiding at this point. And then the tight end position, because we should mention it, really only has TJ Hawkinson around this group. Uh, Not somebody I'm super interested in here yet. I think I'm leaning Kyler Murray. Uh, Do any of those wide receivers I mentioned, or even any other wide receivers you're thinking of right now, kind of make you think I should take them over Kyler? Well, I hate taking a quarterback this early. So, I mean, I understand what you're saying with Kyler Murray, it does. I know you mentioned the stat about how fast he started, but Hopkins is suspended for the first six games. And we saw what him being out of that lineup did. So I think that's a part of the reason why he fell is people are concerned about what he'll be those first six weeks. Cause he seems to be a completely different quarterback with um, Kyler Murray there. 
Uh, so, and when, you know, you have guys like Joe Burrow, he doesn't have the same amount of rushing ability. You still have Jalen Hurts on the board, uh, who is a running quarterback. Like there's other quarterback options that I think would make more sense. Uh, I know there isn't a, a bunch of great options on the board. Like you mentioned, DJ Moore, he's a solid option. Um, Amari Cooper, if you're willing to take the risk because he is a former number one. And then, you know, Allen Robinson's another name, but we already have Cooper Cup. I don't hate the Miles Sanders pick as the top running back left on the board. Um, and then this guy we wouldn't have to take now at all because of where he's at on sleeper. But two names, we mentioned Travis Etienne being the first guy off the board. Uh, but James Robinson is still there, and he's still a good quarterback and on the board. And then the other guy, I know he did, he was, you know, got a guy that's probably better than him, but Jalen Waddle uh, is a 100 reception guy. Granted, he's ranked 70 right now on sleeper, so I understand we don't have to take him for actually playing the, the draft game, but Jalen Waddle would be in consideration for me here as well, just because I still think he is going to see targets. Yes, it won't be, probably won't hit 100 again with Tyree Kill there, but he he will see some targets. I don't think I really helped you too much. I said a lot, but mm -hmm. I don't think I helped you too much. I'm very interested to see where you go with this pick. Oh, thanks. Um, Jalen Waddle is actually a very interesting argument because we were all super high on Jalen Waddle, and then they traded for um, Tyreek Hill, and then we kind of were just like, well, now where does he fall? Uh, just because we're not confident in Tua supporting the two solid wide receivers. I'm sure it's they're both going to be good, but just how good is the question. Now, I think if you took the safer wide receiver pick with Keenan Allen in that last round, I would be a lot more tempted to take a higher variance wide receiver. Not that there's really, you know, a, a super safe wide receiver at this point, but I think the safest of the group of Thomas, Judy, and Cooper is Judy. So I'm going to say we're going to go Jerry Judy here in round five. Um, I don't I don't see what's going on with him being a big issue in the long term. Um, and I do like his outlook a lot better with Russell Wilson than it did in the past with Drew Locke. Yeah, I mean, taking Jerry Judy here, even if he would be suspended, you know, if we're just estimating on his suspension right now, it would be, you know, one or two games on what we've heard. If more comes out, it could be a lot worse. Uh, so I do like that. And if we had to replace him in the first week or two, we can do that with one of these next couple of guys. DJ Moore and Amari Cooper went, so we did start a little run on wide receivers. We're back on the clock here, and the same thing. There, There's four quarterbacks here that I still like. So even though Kyler Murray is a good one, I still think there is better value elsewhere. Um, I would just like to balance out my team a little bit. The other, the running back, James Conner, like he'll probably regress on some of his touchdowns, but he will be the number one guy, and we saw him be, be really good last year when he was the number one guy it might not be as many touchdowns but in the sixth round as rb3 that's solid value same with miles sanders you know he never really got off the ground but that is a run first team down there so i am looking at running backs as i like to always start my drafts if i can unless i take a tight end three running backs three wide receivers uh, that's just my preferred formula and how i approach most drafts um, for me I'm leaning either Miles Sanders or James Conner. George, can you talk me out of taking a running back? No, I was going to talk you into taking a running back, and I would have said my top three were James Conner, Miles Sanders, and um, James Robinson. But that's also me not being as high as Sleeper is on Travis Etienne. Um, out of the group, 
call me a homer. I'm leaning Miles Sanders because I feel like while you're talking, there's regression going to happen for James Conner. He was an absolute touchdown machine. He is going to get more carries, but there's no way he gets that many touchdowns. The opposite is true for Miles Sanders. Miles Sanders was a thousand yard player last year or almost a thousand yard player last year that did not score a single touchdown. That just can't hold up. There's no way. So he was already a startable fantasy running back. Most weeks that he played injuries were his biggest problem. The weeks that he was not a solid running back when he played is because he was injured some at some point in that game. Um, add in touchdowns. I like his value at round, in round six a lot. All right. You sold me. I was debating between those two. I was leaning miles Sanders. You pushed it over the edge. Miles Sanders followed by James Conner. So thinking the same, we are Michael Thomas went, Allen Robinson, Damian Harris, Joe Burrow, Dak Prescott. So still no Kyler Murray followed by Dallas Goddard and TJ Hawkinson wrapping up pretty much the premier tight ends. And that is the midpoint of the draft. And we go into round seven with Kareem Hunt, another very interesting person who right now he is a solid flex like he has been and a good handcuff to um, Nick Chubb. But we have heard rumors of him being traded or released before the season. So that may change in the next few months. Michael Pittman, the uh, late round flyer extraordinaire last year, goes at pick two in round seven. And then Tyler Lockett, Adam Thielen. Traylon Burks is the first rookie wide receiver off the board. Then finally, we get Kyler Murray, followed immediately by Aaron Rodgers. And then Brees Hall, round seven, pick eight, first rookie running back off the board, if I'm not mistaken. Um, Brings us to round seven, pick nine, our pick. This, now we have three running backs, three wide receivers. That is our first six picks. Top quarterback on the boards, Jalen Hurts. Um, I like that pick a lot, obviously. I had him, I did a lot of shares of him last year because I waited on quarterbacks and us waiting on quarterbacks again. Obviously, they still have him down here. I get Cody's argument from, was it last week or two weeks ago when he said Jalen Hurts' value might be hurt by the fact that they're going to try to pass the ball more, but he's still no denying that he is a solid quarterback with his legs. He will still get his rushing yards and rushing touchdowns. But I think I have to go another wide receiver here just because we like Jalen Waddle. I think this is a little bit low for him. And at round seven, pick nine, Jalen Waddle could be absolute steal. So I am just going to take that because we I want to say gamed the rankings a little bit. Um, is there anybody else you want to mention or do you want to try to steer me off of Waddle? No, I think you're good. We'll take Waddle. And Jalen Hurts goes next, Cortland Sutton. So you talked off Hurts. For Waddle, I if I was going to take a quarterback, I would have taken Hurts where you did. I was hoping he fell. Um, but at this point, I'm not taking a, a quarterback now. We are the last team that has not taken a quarterback. We're the last team that hasn't taken one, so we know we have a while. So now we can just take, you know, shots. You know, there's a lot of good players here. This is where you might want to grab a rookie or, you know, a second-year player. Um, I don't want to load up on Eagles, but a guy like Devontae Smith is still available. You know, you still have Amra St. Brown, who broke out last year. I know they have Jamison Williams, but will he actually play right away? Drake London, if you want to take a shot on a rookie, you know, on a team that you expect him to get a lot of work. Another rookie, Ken Walker, we've talked about him. He was number two taken in our dynasty draft, so you have to at least put him into consideration. So there's a lot of young flying options on this. I could take Keenan Allen's running make. Mike Williams, you know, he had a really good start to the season. They paid him a lot of money. That's a high-powered offense. It's a name I'm going to keep an eye on. 
Uh, but George, is there any names on the current available that are really sticking out to you? Uh, the two that are sticking out to me the most are Kenneth Walker, because I think that would be a great stab at an RB4, considering that your flex most weeks is going to be a wide receiver, not a running back. So when you consider he's not even technically your first running back off the bench, that's a great upside pick right there. And then Amra St. Brown, because he was an absolute league winner last year. And now you're looking at the potential of getting him in round eight. Again, not even as our first wide receiver off the bench and the potential to be a a starting wide receiver for you. Just if he happens to keep balling out and then he just, you know, you can't keep him out of your lineup. So those are the two that I'm looking at the most. Uh, the two that I was thinking of too, and I was hoping that you would not have picked both of them, but you did. Um, I really <laughs> like Amra St. Like, Brown. It's going to be hard not to pick him, but I am going to go Ken Walker here. I think it, you know, running back four, get a potential rookie. Maybe his, it might be a little similar to Javante Williams. You might have to hold on to him for, you know, half the season until he starts to really become something, gets more and more opportunities, but I think he will get them. I like him as a potential if, you know, Rashad Penny has a, and Chris Carson have not been reliable at staying healthy. So let's take Ken Walker here. We're now solid at top the top four, both running back and wide receivers. We do have to look at some other positions, but after we took Ken Walker, Elijah Mitchell went, then James Robinson finally off the board, Devontae Smith, Mike Williams, followed by tight end Dalton Schultz, Amra St. Brown went round eight, pick eight followed by Brandon Ayuk, George's favorite, and Brandon Cooks, which I do really like the value of Brandon Cooks. He is a wide receiver one at the end of the eighth round. Yeah, and then we're going into round nine with Isaiah Spiller. So that's a handcuff there for uh, Austin Eckler going there in round nine. Garrett Wilson, the other rookie wide receiver there in nine two. Then Michael Carter, Jets back-to-back. Jets back-to-back-to-back, actually. Uh, Elijah Moore at nine four. Chase Claypool, and then Drake London, who you talked about earlier. Marquise Brown, who uh, is definitely going to get that boost to start the season. A little later than I expected him to be on this board, but there he is there at 9-7. And then Darnell Mooney, round 9, pick 8, bringing us back around. You talked about it, Cody. We have four at each position. When do we start talking about other positions? This might be the time. Uh, Top quarterback on the board, Russell Wilson. I think it's going to be between him and Jalen Hurts as who is that last quarterback off the board. Maybe some people's dropping Aaron Rodgers down there because they don't like the fact that he's not as much of a rushing quarterback. But all three, I think, are going to be solid and great picks if you're going to wait until round nine, round 10 for a quarterback. And then currently the top tight end on the board is Dawson Knox. Again, he had a great season last year. He's on a high-powered offense. Even though there is a lot of mouths to feed there, they seem to make it a priority to get Dawson Knox the ball, and he got a good amount of touchdowns as well. Just because I know every other team has taken a quarterback, and I don't think that's the case for tight end. Maybe it is now. Um, I'm going to lean towards Dawson Knox here. Do you think I should go elsewhere? No, I think, you know, it's not to the point we have to force it if we thought there was some better value here. I, I do like Dawson Knock, the other tight end I was, you know, thinking would either or the two other names from tight end would be Pat Fryermuth and Zach Ertz if we were going to wait a round or two. Uh, but I have no problem taking Dawson Knox here. And then quarterback, it's still tough for me because even if someone grabs a second one, because I mean, Russell Wilson is still on the board and that seems like a good value. Matt Stafford's still on the board. Uh, and then the quarterback that, you know, I'm kind of most interested in, and I think this is because of one of the picks I made earlier 
is Tom Brady. He did lead the league in passing yards last year, and we would have the Mike Evans-Tom Brady connection. So there's still a lot of value in the quarterback, even if we see a couple teams start grabbing their second one. Uh, So I do think if you're going to sway away from a running back or a wide receiver, Dawson Knox would be the pick. Yeah, so I'll go ahead and lock in Dawson Knox there, and I actually want to start a little bit of a debate with you for a second. Um, So when I'm someone who drafts a tight end or a quarterback this late, I normally like to go around and pick a second person at each of those positions, almost as like a handcuff of, oh, if Dawson Knox does not show what he did last year, I might have another stab at a Zach Ertz or a Pat Fryermuth who have just as good of a shot of being good. Same with quarterback, like maybe the quarterback position is a little bit more safe. Like I don't see Russell Wilson, Matt Stafford or Tom Brady completely busting, but maybe I go out and grab Deshaun Watson to go with them or something like that, because then, you know, if one of them is not quite up to speed or how good they were last year, maybe you have somebody to throw in there instead. Are you somebody who also takes two at those positions if you wait on them or do you kind of just ride the waiver wire? No, if I wait this long, I'm just going to ride the waiver wire. Um, that's just me. Like I, everyone knows I stash up on wide receivers cause that's just what I do. There's so many potential options there. Like if my tight end sucks, like the waiver wire probably sucks too. And I'll just hopefully <laughs> find a guy in the dark, same with quarterbacks here. Um, so I do get the, the mindset of it. You know, I will say this, we're not actually doing kickers in this draft, but if you know, if you're one of those leagues that draft early, if you draft at the start of training camp, like don't take your kicker or defense, then let pick them up off the waiver. Like that's not that big of a deal and take a second quarterback option per play for injuries. Uh, but because I typically like to draft like right after the last preseason game or during the third, originally back when there was four during the third week, I do think it's not as important to take a second quarterback or tight end, uh, but you know, to each their own on roster building. Yes, and then I will also transition us into our round 10 pick where uh, wrapping up round nine was A.J. Dillon, and then Chris Olave goes at 10-1. Cody, you're on the clock, 10-2. Yeah, and I would have told you the same thing I told you last year. If A.J. Dillon is in round 10, take A.J. Dillon. He did not go in round 10, and we're not we're not going to have to take him here. Um, for me, th- this pick is pretty easy. We're at round 10 now, and while I mentioned there's – still three quarterbacks I like I want to get the guy that I want out of the remaining three I don't want to you know let people start taking a second option let's get the guy it's round 10 um and for me it's between Mike Evans or not Mike Evans Tom Brady who throws the ball to Mike Evans and (laughs) Russell Wilson who throws the ball to Jerry Judy both through on our team so we're going to get a stackable offense um now Mike Evans will probably be in our lineup more to start the season than Jerry Judy, but maybe Jerry Judy will ball out and be our flex regular week flex option. Um, so just because George has, you know, put up his, you know, doubts about Tom Brady. I mean, I feel it's like so stupid that we're going to let Tom Brady go undrafted or let him beat someone's number two. I'm going to go Russell Wilson unless George tells me in the next three seconds to switch to Tom Brady. No, you can stick with Russell Wilson, but I get your argument for Tom Brady. All righty, so we went Russell Wilson, then Juju Smith-Schuster went next. Robert Woods, solid pick, value it in the 10th round. Hunter Renfro, Rashard Penny, Corderell Patterson, that's a name to keep an eye on as he, you know, he had his breakout season in Atlanta. Hopefully that's solid value or, you know, he goes back to not being fantasy relevant. Devin Singletary, Gabriel Davis, Matt Stafford went. Tony Pollard, Chase Edmonds. 
Zach Ertz, Trey Lance, Pat Fryermuth, Rashad Bateman, Tom Brady. So literally all three quarterbacks went. So thank God we did take one in the last round and weren't stuck waiting for one of the guys we didn't want. So we were on the smart move, but George is on the clock, even though I just rambled through a bunch of picks. <laughs> it's worth noting, I think, here that the number, the first wide receiver off the board on Atlanta's roster was Cordell Patterson taking there, followed by Devin Singletary, the first Buffalo running back off the board. Something's got to give there. Maybe they won't even be the guys, but there's going to be value to be found in these rounds. You just got to hopefully pick the right guy in all of those situations. Uh, so yes, yeah, I'm glad we did take Russell Wilson because we would not have been left with any of our quarterbacks of choice if we waited through here. Now sitting here at round 11, pick nine. Uh, another running back to keep an eye on. I know we were not expecting him to return to Denver, but Melvin Gordon is back in Denver. Was fairly solid last year. Maybe he will not be as effective this year than he was last year. We obviously have to watch for how much they use Javante Williams. But if it's a split similar to last year, around 11 value is absolutely insane, in my opinion. Um, you can also go with Jamison Williams, another rookie wide receiver who has a good amount of upside in a Detroit offense. I think that is starting to bloom. Um, and then I think it's interesting how like Odell Beckham is sitting here on this. Uh, someone who probably isn't going to start the season, but if he gets signed to a favorable situation could be a solid value um i'm between melvin gordon and jameson williams cody what do you think i wouldn't take melvin gordon we have too many bronco players just from okay. our team perspective like i do understand the value but i wouldn't take him because of where we're at we're re we already have you know a quarterback and a wide receiver from them um jameson williams is gonna be my next pick if you didn't take him here uh he might not play the first couple of weeks, but you know, he's a, he's been my favorite player, favorite wide receiver in the draft or who I thought was the top wide receiver in the draft and getting him. If he doesn't play, you can put him on your IR spot and that opens up, you know, another option for you. So I do like taking a flyer on a guy I think could be really good and might also give me some roster flexibility if he doesn't play right away. That's true. And I know I was this person who was very like, speculative like very um scared about taking a wide receiver that was had some scary value back in round five when we took jerry judy now that you're looking at the fact that this would be our wide receiver five much different if he doesn't start the season and goes on your ir you have an open roster spot like cody said but even if he doesn't work out it hopefully doesn't matter and if it does matter you have bigger problems at wide receiver than the fact that Jamison Williams didn't work out so let's go ahead and take the upside pick with Jamison Williams there Cody and then I can bring us up to round 12 pick two we had Melvin Gordon go at the end of round 11 so they were listening to me there Chris Carson goes at the top of round 12 don't know if he's even going to play this year but if he does there's a chance he is effective not a bad late round flyer pick there. Cody, you're up at round 12 pick two. Yeah. I mean, we're definitely at that part of the draft where it's getting, you know, hard, you know, this is where you're taking your flyer options. Um, for me, I'm even scrolling down. Don't just stick at the top of, you know, the best available look down. There might be some guys that in intrigue you. Um, I will say if George, you know, could convince me to go double up on tight end here, I would definitely consider Hunter Henry. I think he'd be a nice compliment to mm -hmm. Dawson Knox, you know, guys that you could go back and forth with. 
Um, there's still too many quarterbacks to double up on a quarterback for me. Um, James Cook, I know that is a fan favorite uh, of George, just being a guy that might be, you know, a, a very solid option that, you know, rookie Buffalo, we just saw Devin Singletary go. We're a half point PPR. So James Cook, now we do have Dawson Knox. We might not want to double up on him. And then the other tight end, uh, Big O, Albert Okwakwamu. Again, don't want to double up on too many Broncos, but that's another guy because he is now the number one tight end there. Uh, so a lot of guys, um, I think I'm leaning towards doubling up and taking Hunter Henry, but George, is there anyone else that you're thinking about, you know, Hey, let's grab them. Yeah. I mean, you mentioned James cook. I honestly think I like him more than Devin Singletary, but I'm probably not. That's probably not a very popular opinion, but this late in the draft, definitely not a bad choice. Um, Ronald Jones is a very interesting one to me. Now he's on Kansas City. Clyde Edwards-Alaire, not the best job security. Not saying Ronald Jones is going to be the starter, but there's a chance that he could take that potential late round flyer. Um, there's there's a lot of guys where you can make, oh, you know, there's an argument for this and this and this. But um, I like the double going doubling up with tight end. Obviously, I was a person in favor of that. Hunter Henry is above on my rankings in Alberto, but Alberto is going to be someone to watch this season since he's now the number one and Noah Fant has been shipped to Seattle. All right. Well, George said, let's do double tight ends, uh, but we're not because one, I think James Cook, I like the rookie steal here over doubling up on a tight end. He has some value. Uh, so I'm actually going to go with George's guy, despite him trying to, you know, make me feel better about my pick, even though I didn't listen to him the last time with Mike <laughs> Evans. But James Cook is our pick. Uh, some That was a reach, I guess. They played some wow noise, and I don't know if George heard that or not, so in his headphones. But Hunter Henry went right next. So, again, we're on par of what people are thinking. Uh, Deshaun Watson went, then Kadarius Tony, then DJ Chark, Derek Carr, Ramondre Stevenson, Kenny Galladay, and Odell Beckham Jr. And it appears we actually must not have turned the kickers off because kickers have started. Um, kickers and defenses, actually. So we were going to talk about him here at the end of the draft anyway. We might as well go ahead and take one. Um, since there's been all kickers here in round 13, it went Justin Tucker, Evan McPherson, Harrison Butker, Matt Gay, Youngway Koo, Robbie Gold, Will Lutz, Rodrigo Blankenship, I'm going to look at defenses because you can probably get the top choice of defense. If this happens to fall this way, it will not in your leagues, but intriguing defensive options. I like the Buccaneers defense. I feel like you're always going to like the Buccaneers defense. There's plenty of sacks to go around. They should have a high on turnovers as well. Um, the Packers, I wanted to mention because Cody did say that they really did stack up on their secondary. And I think they could be a defense. That's a lot more than just a streaming option this year. Um, I don't really like these defense rankings. I'm not sure if Cody is scrolling through them and taking a look for the folks at home, but they're a little bit of a mess to me. Uh, Washington being the top, I do like Washington, but not that much. Um, Seems very sack heavy. It does seem very sack heavy because the Eagles are also pretty high on there, which I think their best asset is sacks as well. Um, the Steelers isn't a bad t a defense to have that high up. I think I'm going to lean Tampa Bay out of seeing this um uh, but 
who name some defenses that you really like Cody because I think it's good to go through while I'm trying to sort this out in my head without my rankings in front of me with their rankings in front of me no definitely so for me um I think Tampa Bay is no not a, a bad option uh they're not my favorite my favorite my top three defenses would be San Francisco um Indianapolis and Buffalo Buffalo being my top okay. defense um and then, of course, like Green Bay is like the X factor, but I they haven't done enough. I mean, they've done a lot, but I need to see it before I'm like, hey, that's the number one defense in fantasy. Uh, but Buffalo, they were a top defense last year. I think they continue it. Now, I will say defenses are very um, inconsistent. So, you know, think back to the Jacksonville Jaguars. They had that all-pro season. They took a dip the following year. The Patriots, you know, they had an all-pro fantasy defense season. They're probably going to take a dip dip last year you know buffalo flirted with the number one spot but they were in the top five i think they can do the same thing again so buffalo would be my favorite uh and then i would follow that up with the indianapolis colts but if you want to throw the tampa buccaneers in there as well i don't think that'd be a bad option no i think looking back i'll I'll go with buffalo i'll go with you but i think yeah all of them are good options and it really is a dart throw when it comes to trying to find the top defense because it's never exactly who we expect we do get some of the top five top 10 right but there's always those defenses that shock us and are it's it's a high variance position there and not normally one that's a big difference maker for your leagues anyway so yeah all righty so george is going to take the buffalo bills which for some reason is like the fourth to last are, defense yeah they're, they're pretty far down there in these. so that is definitely a mishap but the patriots did our greg zerline went they finished out the kickers uh and then they're gonna go defense for the patriots to start um everyone else is gonna take a defense it should say we're gonna take a kicker but i get to make the pick and i'm not gonna draft a kicker because you shouldn't um, that is the Cody strategy right there, especially because we already know we're getting a roster spot with Jamison William because he is most likely starting the season on PUP. So you're getting a roster spot with him. So you're going to not have to even cut anybody to get a kicker. So there's a couple names I want to talk about. There's definitely some rookies. Um, I know me and you are both big fans of taking Christian Watson. We think he could be a very solid option for us here um there's some tight ends you know i mentioned uh big o but we already have the we're not going to go that way um there's just a lot of options here you know if, if i want to take if you have multiple ir spots michael gallup right here could be a decent option he probably missed because of his acl injury but they just paid him so there's a lot of options here but because it's my pick i'm i'm going to take our third rookie um and I am going to take Christian Watson because I like to stash up on wide receivers and a guy that, you know, he is a little bit raw, but could easily be the number one passing option by the end of the season for the Green Bay Packers, a team that we expect a lot for. So I like the flyer. And if he, you know, if he's not panning out in the first couple of weeks, it's okay to cut him. Like you're not going to hurt, you know, miss out too bad. You'll know in the first couple of weeks or, you know, start to see flashes or not. So George, that's my thoughts on the last pick. Um, I'm just going to take him, and then you can talk about any other guys you want um, as we round out the last round of the draft. Yeah, I don't think that's a bad pick at all. Um, I think this is a little bit more rookie heavy than we would usually go, but um, especially for this exercise, it's good to like kind of see where some of these guys are falling, look at some of these late round flyers and who you all should be looking for. 
Um, the only thing that I want to mention when you get to these rounds is I'm normally making sure that handcuffs, um, either for our running backs or if we can take handcuffs from somebody else, um, are off the board. Like I know Alexander Madison was still on the board there. He's somebody to look for. Um, you could handcuff a Cam Akers because of the injury history, but maybe that's not a big deal. Um, Miles Sanders, obviously injury history there as well. With him being our running back three, I wouldn't handcuff him, but there's still plenty of handcuffs out there that are worth owning that I would make sure I'm keeping an eye on on the board when you get down to around 13, 14, around your defenses if you don't take a kicker, um, that kind of idea. Yeah, I think keep an eye on those handcuffs. Uh, but George, that should uh, probably wrap up this show. It did probably go a little bit long because of the mock draft, but mock drafts are always fun and it's great to be doing it um, as early. Uh, we'll post the full results on our website, thecouchdms.com. So make sure you check that out. Leave some comments because as Snyder, even though he's not here, would say this podcast is more fun for you and more fun for us when you get involved. Yes, it is Cody. And thank you all for listening in to another episode of the Couch GM's podcast. For Cody Road Cap, I'm George Kurt, and we'll see you all next week.